0: Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Yeah, so when Pastor Greg brought this to me, I was thinking to myself, I'm not the most patient person. How many of you are what you would call patient people? <laughs> ah, crickets, yeah. No, this is like the one fruit of the Spirit that I think nobody likes to talk about. You know, we've had love, joy, and peace, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, love, joy, peace. That's what I'm about. That's, that's that lifestyle. And then you hit patience, you're like red light in your car or someone cutting you off or a long line at the grocery store or whatever. You're like, mmm. mm. mm. You know, I'm not that patient. But the good news for you is that's not really what it's talking about, okay? That's the worldly, I, I actually kind of found it a little entertaining because I was looking up the actual definition of patience in the dictionary and it just says the capacity or habit or fact of being patient. I was like, Mm, that really unloads that. That's, that helped a lot. I was like, I feel enlightened due to that definition right there. It brought me some, some peace and joy right there. <laughs> Loved it. Uh, no, not at all. It's very unhelpful, actually. But the fun fact is that in the Bible, if you go through different translations, the word patience is translated in different ways, but two of the other ways is forbearance and suffering. Okay? Those have a little bit of a different kind of weight and grip on them versus patience. I feel like the world has made patience this very weak thing that um, nobody has, right? It's, um, it's an impossible kind of... Even the description, in the, you know, when I just read it to you, it's like, what? Like, what does that even mean, you know? It's like, that's patience to us anymore. It's like this unattainable, nobody could have it, nobody could do it, right? But the good thing is that with long-suffering or forbearance, we totally can do it. So I don't even like the word patience for the fruit of the Spirit, which is why I actually actually like in the different translation, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. But in that one it says forbearance, and I find that to be much more helpful to me when you realize that it's bearing things that are to come, right? Or when you have long suffering, which means it's, it makes it unto something. It's not just for right now in this moment, because I guarantee you right now in this moment, I got one person that almost sounded like they were a patient person, but I guarantee you right now in this moment, everybody in here has a promise from the Lord that hasn't come to pass yet, because God gives more than one promise. He's given us I don't even know. For me, I feel like it's just like thousands of promises. And over the years, some of them have come to pass and some haven't come to pass yet. But every one of you, I'm sure, has at least one that hasn't come to pass yet. Or you have something in your life that you're like, God, I've been praying for this. I've been striving for this. And I just want it to happen already, you know? But we have to remember that His timing is perfect and ours is not. He knows what we need more than we do. And we have to trust Him. And that's what I find with, with this patience fruit of the Spirit, is it really makes us have to trust God. It really tests our faith. This is where you're going to be in the place of, I'm not going to follow God anymore, or I'm not going to believe for this promise anymore, or all these things, because God is saying, I'm going to put you in this time of wilderness to grow you, and in this time of growth, you're going to grow in your faith, And through that, I'm going to give you the victory. I'm going to fulfill the promise. And it's going to be amazing. And from there, you're going to be able to help people go through things as well. Because the gifts and fruits are not just for us. They're for us to share. We can't be selfish. Jesus didn't die for you. He died for us. (laughs) He did die for you, but for us. You understand what I'm saying? Corporately. Not just you, so get off your high horse there. You're not that awesome. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. All of us have sucked. And Jesus came and died for all of us. Hallelujah. But then he rose again, and he left his spirit with us, and there's a passage in Scripture that talks about that. It's in John 14, and it says, If you love me, and I will pray Or if you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray to my Father, and He will give you another helper, which is the Spirit of truth, and He will abide with you forever. Forever. The Spirit doesn't leave you forever, ever. Yes, I saw you forever, ever, forever, ever. I loved it. Couldn't help it. Um, But that He will abide in you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor it knows Him. But you do know Him, for He dwells within you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit is in you? I want hands. I want to see like some action. I'm asking real questions, not rhetorical ones here. Like, this is family. This isn't just me up here talking at you. This is family right now. Yeah, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and if the Holy Spirit has the fruit, then you also have the fruit. Does that make sense? You don't just attain a fruit here, attain a fruit there. The Holy Spirit, that is the fruit of the Spirit, and if the Holy Spirit is in you, that fruit is in you. It's about spending time with God and really watching that make the fruit come out. You understand? Because if you just lock something in a box and never let it out, then you won't have the fruit coming out. But when you actually come to the place of spending time with God, in intimate times with God, just saying, God, I want to be more like you. I want to spend my time with you. You're my priority in my day. And I want to worship you all my life to glorify you. That's why it says if you keep his commandments, right, all of a sudden you start doing the things that God wants you to do, and the fruit of the Spirit will be shown in those times from that place of intimacy with God. It's not about I'm trying so hard to be patient today. It's like it's like did you have devotion this morning? Did you spend time with God this morning before you left your house? Well no wonder you're not patient today. You're not abiding with him. You're not spending time with him. Like that's where it's at. Like it won't happen unless that happens. If you don't Put water in the flower. The flower will die. You have to put the water and you have to spend the time investing in that flower for the flower to grow and get more beautiful. And from there, seeds and more flowers. And the next thing you know, you have a whole flower garden out of a flower if you take care of the one the right way, right? So at the end of the day, we have to literally just water our garden, which is just spending intimate time with God and saying, God, you are my priority. I love you. I want to be you to the people around me. And you will see the fruit of the Spirit love, joy, peace, the whole list, all come out through that time. Does that make sense? It can't be done any other way, so don't burn yourself out on it. You, can, you just can't do it. You cannot do it without God. That's why it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of man, right? It's not the fruit of me. You know what I mean? It's the fruit of the Spirit, all right? Praise God. When Jesus left, he gave him to us. Hallelujah. Because I don't know who I would be. Well, actually, I do. I do. I was actually just, I was actually just talking to my, to my friend Hurl Earl earlier about who I was. And I'm pretty sure I'd be worse than that, man. So today, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit in me. You know, I was a church. I was a church goer my whole life. And I thought I was a Christian my whole life. But at the end of the day, I was not. I did not have a relationship with God. I was just filling a seat. And I was just singing songs. But until I actually built a relationship, a real relationship with God where I was talking to Him and hearing His voice in return because He does talk to you, you got to get that in your head. If you're not listening, start listening today. But at the end of the day, when you start that relationship with Him, you become a different person. That's what happened to me. So praise God, it can happen to you and you will see the fruit of the Spirit through those times. Anyways, I want to talk about the unto-somethings. So, earlier I said it's unto something that we have patience. We have long-suffering. It's not just for right now in this moment, but it's unto something. How many of you know that you're a victor with Christ? You're a victor with Christ. There's none of us in here that have received Jesus and have salvation that are not victorious in Christ. And because of that, we get back into the thing of Him giving us the Holy Spirit, and that's the process of making us victors. Because he would not leave us to fight battles without the weapons we needed to fight battles, which is his spirit is number one. Even, I'm not going to go there. No. Even like when it talks about the armor and it talks about all these different things, if you go through the Old Testament and all these things, it gets your mind into a place of battle. And a lot of people kind of forget that part. And then in the New Testament, it talks about the things of the spirit in the spiritual realm and what Jesus was doing in the spiritual realm. And you forget that the Old Testament talks so much on battle to get us prepped for battle. And then when we get the new armor, it's like so we can be protected when we're sitting in our chair. But we're not protected to be sitting in our chair. We're protected so that we can move forward in advance, so that we can claim victories. But that doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes, hallelujah, it's quick. It's quick. But I find a lot of the time, it takes time and effort and energy. And and the next thing you know, we're having to be drawn into saying, God, I can't do this on my own. God, I need you today. And it's those times, that's the long suffering. That's the fruit of the spirit of long suffering, saying, God, today... I need you. God, today, I don't have strength. God, today, I don't want to be nice to people. I don't want to love people. I'm going through hurt. I'm going through these things. But God, today, please, just give me what I need for this moment so that I can look to that promise that you've given me and get victory in that. But it's a process, and it's simple. It only takes basically one step every day. Spend time with God draw close to God, and that's where you start to see things happen. That's where you start to see the fruit of the Spirit start to come out in your life, and you start to see promises come to pass. You start to feel like a new person because you're really trusting in God, and I feel like that's something that in Western culture we don't have where you, if you leave Western culture, they have it a lot more of, is a real trust in God. We want to trust in ourselves here, and we want to trust in finances. And we want to trust in all these different things around us. And we want to be self-sufficient. But we can't really come to God truly if we're in that mindset. We have to actually say, you know what, God? I can't do it on my own. I am weak. Like what Paul says, you know, he, he takes your weaknesses and he shows his strength through them. But you have to first recognize your weakness, are you willing to recognize that you're not strong enough to fight today for today on your own, but that you need God for it? Because at the end of the day, you can't do this by yourself. You were never meant to do any of this by yourself. You were never meant to fight the battles alone. You were never meant to do any of it alone. Even in the garden with Adam, Jesus—I mean, uh, God was in the garden with Adam, you know, he was with Adam and you go through the whole Old Testament and God was always with his people and he was guiding his people and he was never leaving his people. And no matter how rebellious they were, he was there with them trying to help them be who, they, who he wanted them to be regardless of their choices. At the end of the day, we have the choice. Are we gonna obey God, spend time with him or reject God and go away from him? And I feel a lot of people in the church today are, are sitting in church pews, they're sitting in the chairs, these beautiful metal ones, and they're not spending the time with God, and they're wondering why their lives aren't different. They're like, I'm coming to church. I'm worshiping. I'm even giving my money, but my life isn't different. But God doesn't care about any of those things. God cares about your heart. God cares about your love for Him, your intimacy with Him. And when, and when you start to spend that time with Him, He will develop in you who you really are and start to draw you into the place of seeing the fruit of the Spirit coming out. And I think patience is very, um, it's got a bad name. Even me, I had a bad name for patience, you know, because I just know I'm not the most patient person, right? But at the same time, I also have promises that haven't come to pass yet. I also know that God's not done with me yet. I also know that I have to fight every single day, tooth and nail, for my, for my um, fruit to shine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I really have to seek God in intimate times to be able to love you guys. And that's just real talk. Because without God, I can't love you. <laughs> you know? Without God, I can't, I can't uh, long suffer alongside of you and intercede for you because you know, Greg asked me a while back to be a part of the intercession team and I ended up I guess just leading the intercession team. And even that, there's, like a, there's a few of us glory warriors here. But outside of that is like, to be in intercession for people, you have to seek God intimately for people. And you take on people's burdens to pray for them. So you join into their promise not being fulfilled yet, or what they're having faith for, and you're long-suffering with them now for for their promise to come to pass, for their breakthrough. So also, I'm not just long-suffering for myself anymore, but now through the intercession team, I'm also now long-suffering for you guys, which is an act of love through God, which I can only attain through the intimate times. Okay? Point being, intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Spend time with God if you want to see these fruits of the Spirit. You understand? It's very simple but very hard because everything in the world wants to take you away from spending time with God. You can say, I'm too tired this morning. I just worked a 12-hour shift yesterday. I just... I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, it, and, and they're all valid, but valid doesn't mean that it's okay. You know what I mean? Even me, even me, like I just... It was, like, the other week, I think I went, like, multiple days where I didn't just be able to spend legitimate, this is my time for God at times. And throughout the day, I felt it. Does that make sense? Like, I could just feel it inside of myself, you know, and I threw a few minutes here, a few minutes there, but it wasn't like me just dedicating my time with him. And and my fruit was definitely human fruit, not the fruit of the Spirit on those days. And it really, and that's just me throwing it out there being completely humble on it, is like every single one of us, we drop the ball. None of us are perfect. Not even Pastor Greg. He's not perfect. All right? I'm sure he also makes some mistakes in his days. So don't put him too high up on a pedestal. He's still human, and he just loves people and loves Jesus too, all right? But at the end of the day, we have to come to the place of saying, you know what? I'm admitting that I'm weak. I'm admitting that I haven't been spending the time with you that I need to be spending with you. And I'm going to try to dedicate time, even if that means that I'm not going to get as much sleep or if it means that I'm going to give up my lunch period just to open my Bible and read the Word and pray. Whatever it is, you just have to make it happen. And when you start to make it happen, you're going to see God do something amazing in your life. Because sometimes we're in the wilderness Longer than we're supposed to be. Think about Moses. Moses was in the wilderness for a long time. But the whole time they were circling right past the promised land. Like they were on the edge of the promised land the whole time. It's like, it drives me crazy. And right when he's about to get a breakthrough to the promised land, he sends the spies in to go check it out. And then instead of listening to God saying it's right there, go take it, he listens to the spies and says, "I don't know about that." And he totally loses it. He shouldn't have had to have been in the promised land, that, or I mean, in the wilderness that long. And there's a lot of us we put ourselves in the wilderness because we try to do things on our own because we don't want to have faith in God to go through the long stints to get us to the promise. We don't want to believe in him for the promise. We don't want to, we're like, God, it's been two years. This is forever. It's just not going to happen, you know? But God's not, to God, time is kind of irrelevant. It says he holds time in his hands. <laughs> he's not in time. He's out of it. Even in the Bible, it says that God is in rest, and we need to enter into his rest, another word for rest is waiting. When it says wait on the Lord, it's meaning rest in the Lord. Just be at peace knowing that it's going to happen because God is involved. Are you in the place this morning where you're willing to trust God to be able to go through the long suffering? Because at the end of the day, if you're saying, I'm throwing in the towel, I'm not going to Wait anymore. I'm going to take this into my own hands. What you're actually saying is, I don't trust you, God. God gave us the Holy Spirit with the fruit of long suffering just for this time. So that when we're not able to do it on our own anymore, we just say, God, I really feel weak. I really want to throw in the towel. Please give me the strength. Please give me that long suffering I need to get through to the promise. Long-suffering is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The forbearance, whatever word you want to use, it's not bad, it's good. Because there's nothing bad in God, and the Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit, what's the fruit of it, is long-suffering. Do you think that God's not long-suffering for the lost ones? Do you think God's not long-suffering for the bride of Christ? These are His fruits. That's why it says there's, against these things there's no law because they're pure. Because they're holy. Nobody can be mad at anybody or try to arrest anybody for being too loving, too peaceful, too patient, <laughs> you know, too joyful. It's like, oh, that joyful guy, he's got to go arrest him. Oh, arrest that guy. Let's build some laws against these horrible fruits of the Spirit terrible. No, they're all good. If God's going through it and he's holy and he's pure and he's doing it on behalf of his son and for us, then we can do it with him. He gave it to us. It's a, it's a, it's a fruit of his spirit. So we can do it. It's attainable. It's not impossible. The main thing I have to say is, are you spending that time with him? The more time you spend with someone, the more like that someone you become. Okay? It's just reality. It's, it's, I mean, you can't prove it wrong time and time again. You find married couples, like my grandparents, they were married, you know, I don't even know, like a million years. They died when they were 93, you know? And it's like, but they, they, had to mesh together over the years, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. And by the end of it, they knew what the other one was going to respond and how this and this. So they weren't exactly the same, but at the same time, they knew what the other one needed and what the other one loved and how, you know what would feed that love and different things like this over the years. And that's how we are with God as we spend more time with Him. We start to learn what He desires. We start to learn what He loves. We start to learn how He wants us to do things. And, and through that process... The fruit comes out and the gifts come out, and everybody around us starts to benefit. Because long suffering isn't just for you, long suffering is for the people around you. Because I can guarantee you, like I said, I'm not the most patient person, but I do walk in long suffering. And it's because I've seen God throughout my life do amazing things that took longer than I would have liked, but it did get done. And like the song said earlier, I mean, the worship set this morning was so spirit-filled. It was like, I just wanted that to happen the whole morning. Just like, just keep going. I don't need to come up here. Just let the Holy Spirit minister to people's hearts this morning, you know. But it's like, just talking about, it's talking against, you're talking against fear, talking about, Towards promises and towards victory and towards... And that's what God's about for our lives. He wants us to be victorious. You know, in the passage, in James 1 verse 2, or verse 12, it says, Blessed is the one who perseveres, which is another term for patience. Perseverance, endurance. They're all in the same family. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trials because having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And I think if you pick that apart, little bit by little bit, everything that I've just talked about feeds right into that verse. It said, blessed is the person who perseveres in trials. If you think that God's not going to allow you to go into trials, you're delusional. You know, if you think that it's going to be easy being a Christian, you're, you're fooling yourself. That's, right. That's not what Jesus talks about. Jesus talks a lot about the fact that people are going to hate you for loving him and how hard it is. You understand that? But the good thing is, is we have the Holy Spirit in us, so we're never alone through it. Before, we're alone trying to do everything by ourselves. But once we have Christ, now we have the Spirit of God in us, and we're no longer by ourselves anymore. There is literally nothing too big for us once we have Christ because we have Him in us. And I want you to really understand that He's in you. He's in you. All the authority He has is in you. The power He has is in you. All these fruits and gifts, they're in you. But He wants you to spend time with Him and through that process, you come down into, you've stood the test and you pass the test, and now you receive a crown, okay? You receive the crown, and that's the crown of life. Because without Christ, without that intimacy, you're dead. You could be sitting in this seat today, and if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're dead. But through the relationship with him and withstanding the trials with him, you've withstood everything that the enemies had for you now you have the crown of life and the lord has promised that you catch that the promise he's promised that to you if you love him it's the if you love him it's those who love him do you love him does he <laughs> would people around you know that you love him do you spend time with Him every day like you would do if you love Him? Do you have conversations with Him like you would if you love Him? In, in France, they don't call it worship. They call it adoration. And I think that and I think that, that is such a... To me, when I went, <laughs> I went there with my wife and it touched my heart, just the name difference of they call it adoration. And, um, and I was like, that is so much more powerful to me than worship. In America, like, I I swear we just ruin words. But adoration, like, when I heard that, I was like, I adore you, God. Do you adore God daily? Do you look at who he is and just be like, wow. Or even the word awesome, like, you are in awe of him, you know? It's like, he should be that to you every day. And when that happens, you will see these things come to pass you will see the fruit come out. Without you trying for the fruit, it's just spending time with Him and the fruit comes to pass. I mean, I can't say it enough times. Spend time with God every day. Intimate times. Don't just talk to Him. Wait on Him to speak to you. See what He's going to say to you. See what He's going to say to you. You'd be surprised. God is speaking. It's just a lot of the time we're not listening. And sometimes we don't know he's speaking because we don't know his voice. Because we've been listening to other voices more. We've been listening to our own voice. We've been listening to the voice of the enemy who's been trying to say, did God really say this was going to happen? Did God really say that you were going to have this breakthrough? Did God really say you're going to be free? Did God really... Say, isn't that exactly what was said in the garden for the first initial big fall? Did God really say that? Where if they had just dug down and persevered, they would have known, I know God, I'm spending time with Him. It doesn't really talk a whole lot about Eve spending time with God in the garden, right? It was Adam. And he was supposed to be bringing her into the place of intimacy with God. So when the devil said, did God really say that? Well, God said that to Adam. <laughs> Down the grapevine to Eve. She goes, well, maybe. Maybe he didn't say it like that. I mean, maybe it's like playing the game telephone. You've heard that, you know. Like Maybe it got distorted a little bit. You know, and all of a sudden we start to make little changes to the promise God gave us or little exceptions or little things like this that all of a sudden we're not getting the victory that God has said that we're going to have because all of a sudden we're thinking maybe that wasn't even there because we're listening to the wrong voice. We're listening to the voice of the enemy. And the voice of the enemy, he shaped us in our lives before we came to Christ in the world and made our voice sound a lot like his voice. We start desiring things maybe that aren't bad, but for the wrong reasons in our life. And then when we get God and we read the parts in the Bible where it says, you know, if you, if you do this, He'll give you the desires of your heart. and You're thinking, oh, yeah, all that stuff's coming, you know. But really it's like, no, you're going to start desiring what He wants. And what He wants is for the fruit of the Spirit to come out of you and for the gifts to come out of you and for you to reach your, your, your house, for you to reach your community, for you to reach everyone around you Like, he wants to see people's lives changed. That's what I like about uh, outside it says, you know, being changed through one house at a time, you know? To change a community, it's just one house at a time. Is your house being changed? Have you been willing to say, I trust you, God, for this promise? I trust you, God, for this victory? Everything's telling me it's not going to happen. Do you think that it's not going to be difficult? When God gives you a promise, do you think that the enemy is not just targeting that promise when God speaks to you? He's going to target that promise. He's going to attack that promise. He doesn't want you to be in victory. He doesn't want you to get a crown. He doesn't want any of that. That's why we have the fruit of (laughs) long-suffering. Because the enemy is going to attack what God has been trying to do in your life. How many of you have someone in your life that you're just holding out hope for that they're going to have a breakthrough? Maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for them. You're like, this person needs to change. This this person has this issue, and you're just praying for them, praying for them, praying for them. Well, the good news I can tell you is my parents prayed for me for 11 years before I finally came. That's long-suffering. 11 years. Are you willing to pray for 11 years for something to happen? Or... Let's get into some other examples from the Bible. How about Abraham? Old man, Abraham. He gets promised a son. He doesn't trust God for his son. He's called the father of faith. Father of faith didn't trust God for his son. He went and tried to do it on his own and he failed. But you know what? Even though he failed, God was still faithful to him. You know that? It's like, you might fail. It doesn't mean God's not going to still bring something. Because a promise is a promise is a promise from God. He can't lie and he can't break promises. If he said something's going to happen, it will happen, and you need to trust that. How about Joseph? Joseph got promises from childhood, and everything was telling him his promises weren't going to (laughs) happen. His brothers hated him. They're picking on him. We're about to kill him. Sold him to slavery. Came up. Went back down. (laughs) Went to prison. It's like up, down, up, down, up, down. His life was a roller coaster of like, dang, I was so close, you know. But not right. Not really, you know. But at the end of the day, he trusted God's promise. And he persevered through. He had the long-suffering part of just... Having faith in God to say, you know what? I mean I know it's gonna happen. God, you spoke it and you can't lie. I think a lot of us don't realize that God can't lie to you. Not that He even can't, that He wouldn't. He wants the best for you. He wants the best for you more than you want the best for you. He knows your finished work. He knows who you can become. You just know who you could be tomorrow. God knows you can be for eternity. He's seen it. Moses, like I said, in the wilderness, he went the whole time, and then he was not able to see the promised land until Jesus transfigured on the mount. You know that? God let Moses be one of the people who was on the mountain with with Jesus when he transfigured, and that was when he finally saw the promised land. That's a long time. He wasn't even alive anymore when that came to pass. He was in heaven already. You have David who was told he was going to be a king. And the whole time the king was trying to kill him. And with David, you can go through all type of, all type of examples with his life of just how he had to long suffer. But at the end of the day, are you willing to do what it takes? Are you willing to go to the place of saying, God, you know what, I'm not spending time with you and I want to see this happen. I want to see these breakthroughs. I want to see these promises come to pass. I want to have victory. Are you willing to do what it takes? And that means telling yourself, no more excuses. Because we can make excuses all day for not having intimate time with God. One thing I like is, I mean, I'm not going to throw names, but I like that there's certain people in here that will actually just come out and straight, say it straight and say, you know what? I didn't have my intimacy times with God this morning or last week and humble themselves and, and be open to that because it's not a condemnation thing. It's a, that's, where the, that's, where it come, that's where the victories come from. is us humbling or things saying, you know what? I need to spend more time with God. That's the priority. That's where things happen. That's where victories happen. That's where I can have the long suffering for the promise. So this morning, I just want to leave you with that is starting today, spend more time with God. There's nothing in your life that's too hard for him. There's no, no promise that he would make that he would break in your life. There's no prayers that are going un- unheard or unanswered. Look at Daniel. You know, there's 21 days of just praying and praying and praying and fasting. And then his prayer got answered afterwards. God hears you, God loves you, and he wants to spend time with you. He just wants you to also want to spend time with him. And when you do that, you're going to see these things happen. You're going to see these fruits come out. So I just want to pray over you right now. Can I do that? Father, I thank you this morning that you just have called us to a place of intimacy with you. Lord, that we don't desire the things that come from you, but that we would come into a place of just desiring you. Father, that the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are amazing, but it's your Spirit. And Father, I just pray that we'd be able to come into that place of humbling ourselves and being real with ourselves, and saying, you know what, I haven't been having that time of intimacy with you that I need to be having. And I have been doubting the promise, and I have been doubting the victory, but Father, I'm trusting in you that you're going to strengthen me each day so that I can endure and that I can have that fruit of long suffering that'll come out to get me to that victory, to get me to that promise. And Father, I pray right now that you would just work in each and every one of our hearts this morning, right now, in this time. Thanks for listening to The Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.